Dr. Sam Shepard was 30 years old when he was accused of viciously murdering his wife, Marilyn Shepard, at their home in Bay Village, Ohio, next to Lake Erie. The day of the infamous crime was July 4, 1954. When he was arrested, he maintained his innocence and denied any involvement in the murder and described his own battle with the killer as someone who was a bushy-haired farmer. It is very rare for a murder mystery to still remain a mystery after half a century of debate, but this case made an exception. Usually hard evidence, testimonies, or more sophisticated evidence will pop up over time. But this did not happen for many years. Sam Shepard's case faced two juries 12 years apart. One found him innocent and the other guilty. Books, articles, and speeches are made fervently in favor that he was innocent and others saying he was without a doubt guilty. The Sam Shepard case relates to the Nod Saya case in the way that it can be seen from multiple angles, with not enough evidence to prove him either way. But I do believe that he was wrongfully convicted, or at least there was enough reasonable doubt and biased participants in the court case that put him in jail that should have acquitted him. So with that said, on with the case. July 3rd had been a perfect night for the Shepherd family. They had invited their friends, Don and Nancy Ahern, over to watch the sunset, have a nice dinner, and to just enjoy a fun evening at Lake Erie. Don and Nancy realized that it was getting late, brought their two kids home, and tucked them under the covers. Back at the Shepherds, Sam and Marilyn tucked their seven-year-old child, Chip Shepherd, into bed. Marilyn is four months pregnant with her next baby at this point. And everything was normal, better than normal even, but that didn't last long. According to famous trials, at 5.40 this next morning, Spencer Hoke, the, mar- the mayor of Bay Village, was roused by a phone call. On the line was his friend Sam Shepard. My God, Spence, get over here quick, Sam explained. I think they have killed Marilyn. Hoke quickly dressed and with his wife Esther drove the short distance to the shepherd home, where they found the bare-chested shepherd in his den, leaning back in a swivel chair and holding his neck. Sam told the mayor that he had found a bushy-haired form in Marilyn's room, and he tried to fight this figure. They fought each other, but then Sam suddenly found himself unconscious. The format hit him on top of the head and tried to make it his escape. When Sam got up, he saw Marilyn dead, brutally murdered. He went to see Chip, who was fine sleeping in bed, and then he saw the form by his back door. Sam chased this form down to the lake, and they had a gruesome fight. I felt myself twisting or choking, and this terminated by consciousness, Shepard stated. Sam says that he remembers waking up the next morning without his watch and t-shirt, walked back to the house, and called the mayor. 
This is an excerpt from the documentary Guilty or Innocent, the Sam Shepard murder case that aired on the History Channel. I'm going to take different excerpts from this documentary as we go along. So if you hear someone talking, it's from this documentary. It gives a reenactment of the Mayor Hoax of Mayor Hoax testimony of what he witnessed. Can I have your attention? Mr. Stoner will make his statement now. Mr. Stoner, this is number three. We'd like to clarify. About uh, quarter to seven this morning, uh, Sam called on the phone and he said, uh, "For God's sake, Fred, get over here quick. I think they've killed Marilyn." Oh, yeah. No, and I didn't ask him. I just told my wife, and we, uh, you know, we came over. What about the bedroom? No, I, I didn't go up there. Uh, Ruth did. Your wife went up, but you didn't. Uh, I, uh, I stayed the whole time with Sam. What did uh, Doctor uh, Sam say to you, Mister Stoner? Well, I, I don't really recall very much of what he might have said to me. He was sort of uh, slumped in a chair uh, with his hands up. He was saying, oh, 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 you know. Well, was he careful after that? And uh, his clothes were, were soaking wet. Uh, that is, his uh, pants and socks and shoes. There was no no shirt. He was bare from the waist up. Was there blood on his clothing? Uh, that I couldn't say. You couldn't say if there was any blood at all? No, I, I, I couldn't be sure about that. Marilyn's body was mutilated to the point where it was even hard to look at her, according to the aforementioned article from Famous Trials. Bay Village police officer Fred Drenken arrived at the Shepherd home. Drenken found Marilyn's body lying face up in her bed, with her face turned toward the door. Her pajama top was pulled up, burying her breasts. Her pajama bottom had been removed from one leg, leaving her pubis exposed. Her legs had been pulled beneath the wooden bar in the foot of her bed. Marilyn's face was all but unrecognizable. Over 20 curved gashes cut deeply into her face and scalp. Blood outlined her body, staining the cover and pillow. On the walls and closet doors were dozens of spots of blood. An autopsy would later determine her death at about 4.30 a.m. When investigating the crime scene, Drenkin concluded that there was evidence of robbery rear, real or possibly staged. According to Drenkin, Shepard's black medical bag stood on the end in the hallway. Its contents spilled out on the wooden hallway floor. In the den, a high school track trophy of Sam's and a bowling trophy of Maryland's lay scratched and broken on the floor. The county investigator, Sam Gerber, was next to arrive at the scene, and from the start, he suspected Sam Shepard. It could be believed that in his biased search to prove Sam Shepard guilty, it inhibited his ability to see or even collect evidence that would contradict his theory. As mentioned in Serial, this is called bad evidence. He could have spent more time on blood and fingerprint samples, which came up in the second and even third court case that was around this crime. 
but I think that he was entirely convinced that it was Sam, and he thought that there was no need to gather all of the evidence. After Gerber interviewed Sam in the hospital after the murder, he stated to the two detectives, It's obvious that the doctor did it. My subconscious reaction was that Marilyn was having a convulsive seizure, similar to those during her first pregnancy. Several things happened simultaneously. I thought I could see a white form, a man or a woman. Then, I can't say for sure, but I felt I was struck down from behind. Sometime after that, I have no way of knowing how long, I came to lying on the floor. I felt an excruciating pain in my neck. Everything was hazy. I tried to take Marilyn's pulse. I believe I then rushed into my son's room. I still couldn't see clearly, but somehow I decided the boy was not harmed. Then I thought I heard a noise downstairs. I spotted a figure running out through the screen porch. That's the part of the house that faces the lake. On the stairs that go down to the beach, I lost sight of the intruder. But on the beach, I saw the figure again. It seemed to me this individual had a rather large head and bushy hair. Then I felt as if I were being choked. And that's all I remember. The next thing I can recall with any clarity is returning to consciousness at the water's edge. The time element is hard for me to estimate. Somehow I dragged myself up and back to the house and up to the bedroom. To Maryland. What this case is really known for is the press storm that resulted from the murder. At first, they were sympathetic to Dr. Shepard, crediting his idea that someone had broken in and killed his wife. But after rumors started floating around that it was actually Sam that did it, it was just too good of a story to give up. Famous reporters around the country came to Ohio to cover the case. The editor of the Cleveland Press, Louis B. Seltzer, was right in the center of the popular matter. By putting in his paper, the Shepard family was trying to thwart the murder investigation. The media quickly turned against Sam, making his road to freedom even harder. This next excerpt from the documentary shows what Sam Shepard was feeling after he realized that the press had all turned on him.
daily press, the arrow of guilt. Dear God, why? Why are they doing this, Steve? Well, did you ask Dad if, if he thinks I need a lawyer? This brings us to the case of the murder of Marilyn Shepard. From the start, some of the jurors and the judge were convinced that Sam was guilty, mostly because of the media frenzy against him. Reporter Dorothy Kilgillen reported about a conversation between her and the judge Edward Blythen before the case even started. Dorothy did not report what he said until after Edward had died, about 10 years later. Edward had said that the case was open and shut, and that Sam was guilty as hell. It became even harder for the jurors to remain unbiased about the case because, according to the website ThoughtCo, they released the names and pictures of each of the jurors in the Cleveland paper. So, you might be wondering what could possibly be the motive for Sam to kill his happy, attractive wife. That is where Susan Hayes comes into the picture. Susan Hayes was having an affair with Sam Shepard. Shepard's attorney, Bill Corrigan, not the best defense attorney, I'll tell you, advised him to deny the allegation because it was not relevant to the case. It was finally proven that the affair did happen. America now saw Sam as a liar who had a motive to kill his unsuspecting wife. This next clip from the documentary talks about Susan Hayes. Some of the evidence against Sam was Susan Hayes, who, who we have already talked about, the fact that there was no force entry, and a blood stain on the pillow that could resemble a medical instrument when you look at it from a very certain angle. All of these allegations were refuted in the second case against Sam 12 years later. But in this case, the theatrics of the evidence presented and the drama of it all caused Sam to be eventually found guilty. Susan Hayes, a very attractive young woman, gave her tearful explanation that they were having an affair. The fact that they were that there was a forced that there was no forced entry, leaving Sam being the only one that could kill Marilyn, and the blood stain that could maybe resemble a medical instrument. That's what really convinced the jury. The way that Sam presented himself also didn't help him appeal to the jury. He spoke almost arrogantly with little emotion, just saying what he knew without the theatrics, which obviously was not what the jury wanted. 
Bill Corgan's Sam's defense attorney strategy was to mostly prove that Sam was injured so seriously after the fight with the form that he could not have done it to himself. According to the doctor who treated Sam, Dr. Steven, Stephen Shepard, there were muscle spasms, involuntary movements, Sam was blacking out and had to be practically dragged out of his house to the hospital. Proving Sam was seriously injured was about the entire case for the defense, which wasn't enough for the jury, or America. On December 17, 1954, Sam Shepard was convicted of second-degree murder, and Judge Blythen sentenced him to life in prison. I examined Sam Shepard yesterday and also today. I found the left elbow reflex missing. However, the right triceps reflex was present, indicating a problem of the nerve mechanism on the left side. Can you explain your diagnosis, doctor? My diagnosis is a spinal cord concussion in the region of the second cervical vertebrae. Dr. Luton, let me know. What could cause that, doctor? A blow on the back of the head. Dr. Luton, Dr. Luton, how difficult would it be for the patient to simulate the symptoms you've described? Yes. Should be impossible. That was an excerpt of the doctor explaining the injuries surrounding Sam. While Sam was in jail, life for his family was getting worse. His mother killed herself, and his father died of cancer, while his son Chip had to grow up with virtually no family at all. But this is not the end of the story for Sam Shepard. Even the Cleveland editor, Louis Seltzer, wrote in his autobiography, crediting himself to putting Sam Shepard in jail. While Sam was in jail, new evidence slowly started to emerge. One of the biggest pieces of evidence was that the killer was most likely left-handed, while Sam Shepard was right-handed. There was also evidence that the murder weapon was a flashlight, not a surgical instrument. They then found a dented flashlight next to the lakeshore of the Shepherd house. Sam's new lawyer also said that the original trial embarked on Sam's right to due process. One major point for Sam was that at the original trial, the defense had wanted to postpone the trial so the media had time to calm down and they could have an unbiased trial. Of course, Judge Blythen did not agree, so their totally reasonable request was denied. So with all this in mind, the jury found him innocent. This was all found out after he was sentenced. According to the History Channel, Shepard's new criminal defense attorney, F. Lee Bailey, convinced the U.S. Supreme Court to grant his client a new trial because he had been denied due process. At the second trial, Shepard was found not guilty in November 1966. Finally, Sam was able to go home to Chip, but he was never the same. He tried to be a doctor again, but ended up killing two patients in surgery. Realizing that he had lost his touch for medicine, he went on an unexpected path, becoming a pro wrestler, if you can imagine. His nickname was painfully ironic, Killer Shepherd. Sam started drinking, and at the age of only 46 years old, 
Sam Shepard died of liver cancer. In 2000, Sam's son Chip tried to prove in the court of law that his father had been wrongfully imprisoned. But for the second time, the jury did not agree, and six of the eight jurors that Sam should have stayed in prison. It is amazing how 50 years later, there are still people that argued for and against Sam. This is such a tragic story for me. This man's life was ruined for being blamed for a crime that he never committed. There is a lesson that I take from the story of Sam Shepard. That the press will twist facts for a better story. That is why I believe that it is important to do the research for yourself. Look at all the facts before convicting someone guilty. Maybe if we do that, less people will be wrongfully convicted and no one will ever have to go through what Sam Shepard did.